Welcome to the Wellman Co. Podcast, where we help you turn your purpose into prosperity. What would it look like to thrive in your health and relationships? Live confidently in your calling while you engage your faith in every area of life. I'm your host, Brooke Peterson, founder of Well Women Co., author and creator of Align and Prosper Mastermind. I went from a burnt out overachiever struggling with an eating disorder to honoring and liking my original design surrounding myself with a supportive community and actually believing I had something valuable to share with the world. I went from daydreaming about ways to making a difference to running a beautiful business, impacting women around the globe through our mastermind, books, events, and Well Women Co. podcast. I'm a wife, mom, and passionate kingdom entrepreneur with a love for black coffee and nut butter, but I'm most passionate about helping women connect with God's voice in their everyday life to co-create with Him to turn purpose into prosperity. Whether you want practical tips to uplevel your health, you want to start a movement of your own, or desire to engage your faith in every area of your life, you're going to fit right in with our Well Woman Co-Tribe. I interviewed down-to-earth leaders in health, entrepreneurship, and faith. I believe we were created to turn our purpose into prosperity so we can uniquely release blessing to the world around us. So what are we waiting for? Let's do this. Well, welcome back to the Well Woman Co. podcast, ladies. Something really big has happened since the last episode, and it is this. I have turned 30. Yes, 30 years young. I have a lot to say about that. And you'll have to stay tuned for the next episode because I'm going to be processing through all of the 30 feels, all of the quarter life crisis things I'm experiencing um, in the future episode. But in short, it was a great birthday. My husband planned a little surprise birthday party. We went away as a family for several days after that, um, up north, just sitting by the lake and the pool. It was just so good for my soul. But today, that's not what we're talking about. Today, I wanted to follow up on last episode and build upon that and talk about how do we spend time with God? How do you and I as well woman actually discern, God, what are you saying right now in this moment in time? What are you saying to me? What are you saying to my family? What's your heart on these issues that are so, in some ways, beautifully in our face right now? And we have to face it that we're in a season of recording right now. We're post-quarantining. People are coming out of their holes. They're starting to enter into more of real life. The world continues to be in an uproar. If you go on Facebook for five minutes, you'll know what I'm talking about. There is lots of beautiful race conversations happening. There's justice conversations happening. And I feel like my role, again, in this time is to help us as well women cling to the truth and be anchored to the truth in this season. Because if we don't, we will be swept away so stinking fast. And my concern for myself, for my generation, is that we are so bombarded with agendas and opinions constantly, more than any other generation in history, I feel like our souls are left weak. Like our souls are more vulnerable, I feel like, than ever before. 
And so what this leaves us to, if our soul is weak, then we're going to much more easily regurgitate whatever sounds right to us versus strengthening ourselves, our soul, our spirit with the truth and nourishment first from the living word of God. And this is not that we turn a blind eye to other voices, other people or perspectives by any means. But I do believe that we have to get grounded to see from his perspective as we enter into these conversations, into these realms. Because if we don't, the chances of us being swept away in culture wars versus actually making an impact in our culture are very, very high. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. And I'm going to be the first to admit that I have felt a bit paralyzed in this season, in this environment. I certainly don't have all the answers. I wish I did. But what I am is determined to keep pressing into his word and his presence before I engage from my soul level. What I want to engage from is heaven's perspective. Like, God, what is your heart on this matter? I want to feel that place in your heart for this situation. And then I want to start to respond and engage out of that. And as I was reading in the past couple weeks, Romans 8 has just jumped off of the page for me. And I've heard this scripture before, but I read it in a whole new light with what's going on right now in the culture around us. It says this, Since we are joined to Christ, we will also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him provided, okay, so here's the catch, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. So here's the clincher for us and here's the key for us is that God promises, hey, sister, I want you, beautiful daughter, I want you to be glorified with me. Not only are you going to bring glory to me through your life, what he's saying is he's like, I actually want to share my glory with you. I want you to experience what it's like to be in perfect union with me. But this is the catch. In order to do that, we have to share and accept his sufferings as our own. What's his sufferings? Okay, his sufferings is not living in a cardboard box necessarily and sacrificing all, unless he's telling you to do that. His sufferings in this context actually means feeling his pain, understanding his thoughts towards a matter, like experiencing the depth of sorrow and joy that he experiences in his heart. That is really profound. So if I can engage and understand how to spend time with God, how to hear from him in such a way that he's actually sharing his feelings with me, he's sharing some of the weightiness of the injustices in our world with me as an individual, that is powerful. Now, we are not designed, right, to carry the weight of the world. We are not the saviors. But I believe he wants to kind of peel back the layers a little bit about what he's feeling about the injustice we see around us so that we can be motivated by love instead of motivated by an agenda or by proving ourselves right. Okay, so I thought that was really encouraging. And here's some more 
truth for us because again my fear is that we're so bombarded and if we lose this place with him and understanding how to hear from him we're going to be so easily swayed this is from james 1 5 it says if anyone longs to be wise ask god for wisdom and he will give it he won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace so that's it i want wisdom for me, I want wisdom for you. But how do we get wisdom? We get wisdom by spending time with God. How do we spend time with God? We're going to get into nine ways to do that. Here's one more for you, though. Psalm 16, 7. The way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more. For your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. So here's the deal. As we dive into just briefly touching on these nine ways to connect with God, hear from him, spend time with him. My prayer for you is that you're going to increase in wisdom. Why? So that you know what to do next. You know whether to post that Facebook post or not. You know whether to engage in this downtown outreach or not. You know who to call and who not to call, right? You know who to partner with and not who not to partner with. Because in this day and age, it's as important to know who not to partner with as who you're going to link arms with and see justice, see righteousness in our land and see goodness again in our land and our communities and our households. Okay. So oh, here's one more for you. This is too good to pass up. It says Psalm 119, 1 through 2. You're only truly happy when you walk in total integrity. How many of us want just to be happy? <laughs> like, man, I don't need a $5 million house. Like, I just want joy. I just want to wake up with hope and expectation. In this season, it's a little bit hard to do, right? But you're the only happy, you're only happy when you walk in total integrity, walking in the light of God's word. What joy overwhelms everyone who keeps the ways of God, those who seek him as their heart's passion. Psalm 119. So again, as we dive into these nine ways to spend time with God, my prayer is that your heart's passion would be fanned into flame to engage with him, to engage the creator of your soul, the lover of your soul, okay? So spending time with God. Again, I'm going to sort of bullet point these, right? So this is going to be a shorter episode. This is just to whet your appetite to spend time with him. It's just to help break the religious mold that you might be stuck in. Maybe you've thought spending time with God in the past had to look this way or you had to be in a church. That is not true. So I want to kind of break the quote religious mold off of us so that we can be free in connecting with God in a way that resonates with us, okay? So I'm going to be sharing from my own personal experience how I enjoy engaging with the Lord in conversation throughout my everyday life. And I'm sure you're going to have some really great ideas too. So as I'm going through this and you have other ideas of how you love to spend time with the Lord, I want to hear about that. Our community wants to hear about that. So make sure you screenshot and share this episode. Tag me at Well Woman Co. Let me know where you're listening from. Make sure to rate and review this episode, this podcast. That's how more Well Women find our tribe, okay? So again, we want to hear from you. How do you engage with the Lord? So I'm going to be sharing nine ways I engage with the Lord, and hopefully this will be helpful for you. So number one is prayer, okay? pretty obvious. But let's talk about prayer. Does prayer mean you have to be in a quiet room 
talking out loud to the Lord? No, it does not. It can, but you can pray in your car. You can pray while you sing. You can pray while you walk. You can pray while you're going to bed, while you're making dinner. Like prayer is simply a conversation with the Lord. So think if you're married or you have a best friend, how do you engage in conversation with them? What sort of text messages do you send when you miss them? When something exciting happens at work or just throughout your day, who do you call and let know first? Okay, it's the same thing with the Lord. He loves engaging in conversation with us. He loves knowing what's on your heart. What's making you frustrated right now? What makes you cry? What are you excited about? You know, something for me that catapults me into prayer all the time is one of my favorite verses is John 10, 10. It says, a thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. 10 has always been my favorite number. So therefore, John 10, 10 is a verse that resonates with me. Well, what's funny is I swear daily when I look at a clock, it will be 10, 10. Or the last two digits will be 10. It will be like 110 or 310. It's so bizarre, but I see it everywhere. When we were on vacation this past week, we walked into the hotel room and they had one of those digital clocks that wasn't set to the correct time, but it was flashing, right? Because it wasn't set yet. And what was the numbers that were flashing? 10, 10. I just laughed. I'm like, God, you are so good. You are so kind to me. So that is a constant launch pad for me to just say, hey, Lord, thank you. I see that. I, I know you're here. I love you. So prayer, again, it can be out loud. If you're like, oh gosh, I don't, I haven't really prayed out loud. That makes me uncomfortable. Pray in your head, but I'm telling you, there's something really powerful about starting to verbalize your prayers. So maybe you do it in a car where no one else is around. Maybe you read the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? Just simply reading the Lord's Prayer is so powerful. Um, And thinking about it as just a conversation again, what makes you happy, sad, frustrated? What was the best thing that happened today? Like tell the Lord about it. He wants to know. And the more you work that muscle of prayer, prayer of being in constant conversation, it's going to grow and it's going to compound. And all of a sudden, he's going to be the first reaction. When you have a a letdown during your day or something great that happens, you're going to turn to him first. And then, yeah, you're going to tell your best friend, you're going to tell your spouse, whoever else. But it's just a way of saying, God, I want to be in constant communication with you. And sometimes prayer isn't even so much about talking. Sometimes it's about listening. I found it really powerful in my own prayer life that it's like 80% listening and 20% talking, right? Because as much as we have a lot to say, he actually has a lot to say to us. Think about that conversation you have with your mom or your friend. If you were the one talking all the time, I'm sure some of us have friends who our friends are the ones that are just talking all the time and we barely get a word in edgewise, like that's not a great relationship. So it's the same thing with the Lord. He actually has things to say to you too. So be explained and we're talking more about that in a second. So number one is prayer. Number two, again, pretty simple here, but it's reading the word. I had someone Instagram me, Instagram message me the other day about Brooke where should I start reading the Bible? That's a great question because the Bible is a really big book. The Bible is a really confusing, really weird book at sometimes. If you've ever read the Old Testament, like there's some whack stuff that happens in the Bible. I'm, I'm not going to lie, right? If you are looking for like a exciting thriller reality book, the Bible is like 
that's a great one to look at. But reading the word, here's a few helpful places to start if this is not a regular or enjoyable practice for you, okay? The first one that I would suggest is starting with the one-year Bible. Now on version, there's a free app. I'll link this in the show notes. It's a free Bible app. You can get tons of versions, biblical versions. You can read through the whole Bible. You can jump to verses, books, chapters, etc. They will have um, a setting on there where you can read the Bible in one year. And so what that means is every day you'll probably read a Proverbs, you'll read a Psalm, you'll read a little bit from the Old Testament, a little bit from the New Testament. And it takes 10 to 15 minutes of reading per day. So this is not overwhelming, but it gives you a good perspective of the whole Bible every day. And in one year, you've read through the entire Bible. I did this a few years ago. I'm like, I'm sure I've read the whole Bible, but I'm not positive. And I want to be able to say that I've read every word in the Bible. And so this is what I did to know that, okay, I'm reading through every book of the Bible and it helps keep you engaged and um, it's just a really great place to start. Another idea is reading one Proverbs and one Psalm per day. So there's 31 books in the book of Proverbs, right? So that's essentially one Proverbs a day. Again, this will take you five to 10 minutes per day of reading, but there's so much wisdom jam-packed in that book, it is ridiculous. So if you are looking for like Instagram inspiration, (laughs) if you're looking for parenting advice, business advice, marriage advice, friendship advice, I'm telling you, it will be in that book. So that's another great place to start. Again, Psalms, you could double that. So you could do a Proverbs and a Psalm each day. Psalms is like a book of praise. And it's also a really raw book. So you'll be reading through Psalm and you'll be like crying out with David's heart. Like, yes, like, why is everyone against me? Why does it feel like the dark of the night? Like, it's a really raw and real book that every human being can relate with. So that's another idea. Um, Another thing, if you've never even cracked open the Bible before, like this is a totally new experience for you. I love to point people to start in the New Testament with the book of John. Okay. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John they're essentially the same stories, but they're written by different people providing different perspectives. And the book of John is essentially the story of Jesus' life while he was on earth. And why I like the book of John is because it's written more directly from Jesus's perspective. So if you're like, who is this Jesus dude? Do I even want to spend more time with him? This is a great book to get to know who is Jesus, because it says in the word that Jesus is the exact representation of God. So if you have, let's say, father issues with your natural dad on earth, that isn't great. Your perspective, or you grew up in a super religious, legalistic worldview or church, or household, your perspective of God might not be that great because you're like, I see God as dictatorial. I see God as always mad with his hands crossed around his chest, like waiting to strike me with a lightning bolt. But the truth is that Jesus, when he was on earth, represented exactly who the father is, who God is. And so that's why I love pointing people to John because it's such a beautiful picture and representation of Jesus, which is who God is. So it's really good news and it allows you to fall in love with Jesus more. Okay. And then I would say if again, reading the word is hard for you, read Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is a super short book. For sure, the first chapter of Ephesians is all about identity. 
It's all about who you are as a new creation in Christ. And if you're having a bad day, if you don't like how you look in the mirror on a particular day, week, month, or year, I'm telling you, this will get you out of your funk because it is the absolute truth about who you were designed to be and who you are in Christ. So I love, love, love Ephesians 1. Last thing I'll say about reading the word, again, you can see I'm a little passionate about this, is read it in different versions. So my favorite version right now of the Bible is the Passion Translation. It is profound how the language that they've translated in is so relatable and it brings the word to life, especially if you're like me and you've been a Christian most of your life and you're like, oh, I've read that verse before, but I'm telling you, it breathes new life on it. Um, Another version I love like for studying purposes is the English Standard Version or ESV, okay? Again, I'm going to link these in the show notes. Number three, so we have prayer, reading the word. Number three is meditation. I talk way more about this in my book, Food Freedom, Stop Hiding and Uncover Who You're Meant to Be, okay? But meditation is a powerful tool. And here's how I like to leverage meditation in spending time with God is I'll find just five to 20 minutes in my day and I will put on a show for my little or do it, I don't know, sometime where I can get some sort of semblance and quiet and I'll read like one scripture. Sometimes I don't even read a scripture. I'll just lay there, take some deep breaths and like ask the Holy Spirit, what is one word that you have for me right now? Like, what do you want to share with me right now? And I just breathe deep like you do in meditation to calm down my entire physiological system, but I'm also engaging with the Lord. What are you saying right now? So using a scripture is helpful because you can kind of like meditate on that scripture. You can kind of say that scripture even out loud over and over slowly as you breathe and it helps you focus your mind on that truth. And I feel like the Lord during those times, he like brings extra revelation around that truth as we spend time in quietness as we spend time in meditation. So again, there's tons of different techniques, but using the word of God and spending time with the Lord in meditation is so beautiful. And it's a tool that he's given us from the beginning of time. Okay, number four is walks. Okay, and maybe this is a personal thing. And the point is to find your secret place. Like where can you go is it a nature? Is it some place in your house, a special blanket, a special chair? I have like a special chair and I have a special walking place that I love to go. It's like my place to connect with the Lord. So wherever that is for you, nature is so powerful to just feel present, to feel calm and to allow him to speak new things for you. And for me, movement is really powerful. It's like when I move my body, I have the best conversations with my husband when we go on walks and I have some of the best times with the Lord when I'm by myself on a walk. So that's another idea is just like getting outside and engaging him in your time moving your body or outside. Next is worship. Okay, so we don't just have to be like quiet and pious, you know, reading our Bibles like good little Christian women. Like we can worship. You can throw on some praise music, go on Pandora, um, dance, sing, sing in the shower, sing in your car like I do and no one else is around, turn up the music and just allow yourself to like worship him unabandoned. And that is powerful 
warfare. I'm telling you, if you need a breakthrough right now in a relationship in your body and you're feeling discouraged, using your body, using your voice to actually sing, (laughs) to actually dance if you are so brave, that is a powerful tool to get breakthrough. Because what it is, it's actually like a prophetic act of saying, okay, I don't feel like doing this. I don't see any changes. I don't see any breakthroughs in this situation, but I'm actually going to lift my voice. I'm actually going to move my body and I'm going to proclaim that something has got to change because God, you are good because you've already won the victory. So it's just like reminding yourself of his goodness. It's reminding yourself of his victory and it's taking your eyes off of the problem that can feel so freaking big in our life and it's putting it on Jesus. It's putting it on his presence. And I'm telling you, there's like breakthrough and things that happen during those times. So, and music is powerful too. We know this, like music is a mood changer. It's a state changer. So I encourage you to like turn on some praise music, right? If you're like, I don't even know how to spend time with God. Praying feels like uh, a little intimidating. Just start worshiping. Just start even listening to worship music or praise music, I'm telling you things will start to change. Okay, next, creative arts. Okay, this is fun, especially if you have kids, okay? So I have a four-year-old and we do this thing in our house fairly regularly called soaking time. So what that means is that we'll turn on some soaking music from YouTube. You can actually even search that, like soaking music. It's basically like instrumental, beautiful worship music, okay? So we'll listen to that. And we'll just draw, we'll paint, like we'll do crafts, but it's this, it's kind of like this mode of being creative, using our hands, using our creativity to create while we're engaging with the Lord. That can be really powerful times. In soaking time, creative arts, you can write, you can journal, which leads us to our next one. But being creative, like if you are someone who's artistic, you like to scrapbook, you like to paint, you like to draw, you like to take pictures, like you can turn that into spending time with God. You can turn that time into asking him questions about your life, about who he is, and he's going to start to reveal himself to you. He's going to start to reveal blueprints to you, solutions to you. He's going to start to whisper to your heart how he delights in you and what things that are unique to you that he loves about you that he created in you, right? So creative arts, anything creative is another way to spend time with God and hear what is he saying to you right now. Dreams. Or I skipped one. Journaling. I'm sorry, we're going to talk about journaling real quick. So journaling is something where like 50-50, half of people roll their eyes. They're like, oh, I should journal more. I hate journaling. And then other half are like, I love journaling. I write my whole life's story every day, right? Um, I probably fall somewhere in the middle. So I like to write. I can process really well writing. However, I don't have a lot of time to just write all my feelings for that day. (laughs) But I have journaled consistently for over 10 years. And I can point you in my house on the bookshelf where all of these journals are. And I am telling you, it is so powerful. I do this probably on a quarterly basis. I'll kind of thumb through certain journals to just remind myself of the faithfulness of God. And there's no right or wrong way to do this. How I like to journal is typically when I sit down and I'm going to focus on the Lord, right? Maybe I'm reading the word. What I'll do is I'll write down like the scripture that hops out at me that day. 
that feels like it's come alive, I'll just write it down. Um, Another other things that I journal is like if I had a profound dream, which we're gonna get to dreams in a second, where I felt like okay that was really a clear dream. I feel like there could be a message in there for me. I'll write down the dream. If I feel like the Lord told me something that day, He gave me an idea. He just loved on me. Whatever it was specifically, I'll write those things down. Or if someone else prayed a specific prayer over me or for me, I'd write that down. And I don't do it every day. I probably do it on average once or twice a week but if you do that consistently looking back at the answered prayers looking back at oh my gosh that dream I know exactly what that meant builds your faith so profoundly because we are busy like we're women we multitask we have kids you probably work you take care of a house you're in school whatever it is like we have a lot going on we forget you don't need to have those sweet moments with the Lord and he like shares something with you or you're reading and you're like, oh, that was so meaningful. Guess what? We wake up the next day and we forget it because life is busy. So because we're finite as humans, writing these things down helps us not forget. And in the meantime, it builds our faith to believe for more, press in for more, ask for more, right? So journaling is so profound. Another thing is if you don't like praying out loud yet, you can write out your prayers, he hears that. He can see that. <laughs> God can read in any language. So that's another idea is journaling. Okay, let's jump down to dreams. So two more. Dreams. So I would say, again, this is like another 50-50. Some people are like, oh, I never have dreams. Other people are like, I have a very exciting nightlife. I am one of those people that have more of the very exciting nightlife. I dream a lot. Sometimes I know it's because I watched this weird show before I went to bed and it just like a different version of the weird show I watched, right? But other times I woke up and I'm like, holy moly, that was very profound. And I might not know exactly what it means, but I know that that was probably a dream from the Lord. Like he was saying something to me in that. And so... I'll just write it down. I don't try to like analyze it. Sometimes I do, but I'll just write it down and I'll think about it, right? I'll go back and I'll look. And sometimes they've been extremely profound um, in my life and it's it's helped me make decisions. It's helped me get clarity on certain situations. And other times I just forget about them. But for you, if you're someone who's an avid dreamer, start to write down your dreams. Put a journal by your nightstand and before you get up out of bed in the morning, if you had a dream, write it down. If you're someone who doesn't get dreams, but you want them, I'm telling you, this is such a cool way to hear from the Lord. It's powerful. I actually had a friend the other week who um, sent me a Voxer and she had a dream about me. And it was very vivid, very powerful, very descriptive. And she shared it with me. She's like, Brooke, I had this dream about you. I feel like this is what it means. And it was very impactful for me because I had had almost the exact same dream several months earlier. She had no idea. So that's another thing is you might have a dream and it might not even be about you. It might be about a friend or someone else. And you'll you'll know whether you can share that with them or not, right? Like that's just called wisdom, whether or not to share certain things. But it can also be uh, another way that the Lord is speaking to you for someone else, Okay. So dreams, write it down. Again, if you don't dream, but you want to dream more, or if you do dream and you still want to dream more, ask him. Before you go to bed, say, God, give me a dream tonight. I want to hear, like, what are you saying to me right now? Give me a dream. And I'm telling you, if you steward them by writing it down, 
I bet he's going to continue to give you more dreams. Okay. Okay. The last but not least that we'll talk about today is devotionals. So again, if this whole thing of like spending time hearing God's voice is new to you, there are thousands upon thousands of great devotionals out there, right? That essentially act as a guide. So every day there'll be a couple scriptures, maybe a little story, a little teaching, and it will help you launch pad into hearing God. And these have been helpful in my life. Um, Lisa Bevere has a new devotional that just came out called Strong. Um, someone just gave me as a gift, which I'm loving, called 100 Days of Brave by Annie F. Downs. Again, there's thousands of them. I would just recommend that they're biblically based, meaning they have scripture in them. Um, look up the author to, you know, make sure they're on the right track <laughs> as far as their theology. Um, but, you know, we can learn a lot from different perspectives. So, devotionals, another great way to launch pad into spending time with God and hearing what he has to say. So as a quick review, nine ways to spend time with God, nine ways to start hearing what he's saying to you specifically in your circumstance is prayer, reading the word, meditation, walks, worship, creative arts, journaling, dreams, and devotionals. And the last thing I'll say on that, again, if you have a family, these are not just for you. You could engage a friend or your family in every one of these, okay? So that's what I think is so cool because as we create cultures in our own life that this is like the norm, it transfers to other people. Like For example, our little haven, our little four-year-old, like she often will just go pick up her little Bible and just start opening it. And it's it's not even a kid's Bible. She has kid's Bible, but it's like just a smaller Bible, you know, with like super small words. And she'll just open it. She's like, I'm just reading my Bible, just having some Bible time. And we all know she's not actually able to read or comprehend yet. But just the sheer habit of like opening up the word of God in your home with your family or friends is so powerful and you don't have to I didn't have to lecture her into okay Haven now's the time where we open and read our Bible no like her dad and I we just do that it's just like part of who we are and she's already picking up on that habit and hoping we're hoping that we're fostering that love for his presence um, and that 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 honor for inviting him in every part of our life and our day just like we're trying to cultivate in our own hearts, right? So it spreads. So in closing, I want to ask you a couple questions to make this really practical, okay? Number one is how can you spend time with God this week? Out of those nine areas, what's what's one idea that you might be really strong in? Like you, you got that down, like you connect with him. And then on the other side, what's one idea that you feel like you haven't really explored? Because just like any great relationship, things can kind of start to feel stale until you throw in a new component in a relationship, until you ask a different question, you get a different answer that you didn't know before. It's the same thing with the Lord. He wants to engage with us in so many fun and exciting ways. So I challenge you, what what is one way that's working for you? And what's another idea that you want to sort of explore? Maybe it's like the soaking time idea. Maybe it's the creative arts idea. Maybe it's taking more walks and being really thoughtful. On my walk, I'm going to actually engage the Lord in prayer and listen to what he's saying to me in the moment. Number two is what issues do you need a fresh living perspective of? So I want you to think about your life right now. 
What's going on in your house? What's going on in your soul? What's going on around you that you feel like, I don't even know where I stand on this. Like, I feel hopeless. Like, what area right now in your life do you feel hopeless around? Because identifying that area that you feel hopeless around, I guarantee you there is an answer and there's a living, fresh perspective that you can find in the word of God. And by spending time with him that he wants to share his heart on. Remember, we talked about in the beginning, that whole idea of like sharing in his sufferings. It means like sharing in his heart, sharing in what he's feeling, whether he's feeling something amazing or whether he's feeling something really hard, like being willing as daughters to enter into that conversation with him. And that will give you hope knowing that in whatever enigma there is in your life, he has a fresh word. He has a fresh perspective on that. And last question is, what is God saying to you right now in the midst of your circumstances? So again, I encourage you, like, set five minutes apart today. Like, make this your goal this week, is I'm going to engage in the Lord in an intentional way this week, and I want to hear what his heart is in this area of my life, in this specific circumstance. Like, I challenge you to challenge him on that. Because he's so good, he wants to give you the answers and the solutions, remember, so that we don't get swept away in a cultural war or in our own emotional battles, but we actually stand firm and engage in those things in such a way that we're actually able to make an impact. So again, thank you so much for sticking with me on this shorter episode of How to Hear from God's Voice. Super exciting. I plan on doing more of these just to help both of us, like we're both on this journey, engage God in our everyday in such a way that transforms our hearts, our perspectives, and the world around us. So remember, you are worthy of being well. Thank you so much for leaving a review, for subscribing, taking a screenshot. Let us know where you're listening from. And I'd love to hear your ideas of how you love to spend time with God and how you hear his voice. All right, until next time, well, woman, have a great day.